Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Cal Radio Analyst, former Golden Bear quarterback and Hall of Famer. Today and this week is a week to celebrate. Now, we've still got two games left in the season, but a big win in the big game in a fashion that it was just a dominating performance. The game didn't start out great. There were six possessions and six turnovers. And so it looked like it was going to be one of those funky games to start off. But then the Bears kicked it in. They found momentum on offense and just got after it. So let's talk about some of the accomplishments in this game that really stand out. One, the Bears had the highest total yards in the history of the big game, of any team in the big game. And so to put those numbers on the board, a total of 636 yards total offense pretty awesome. They had 352 on the ground. That's an amazing stat. And that will win you a lot of football games right there. A couple of huge players at running back. Chris Brooks was breaking tackles all over the field, had a 75-yarder on his own after breaking a tackle at the line of scrimmage. And then Marcel Dancy had a 76-yarder for a touchdown as well. So a couple of great performers at that running back spot. And of course, Anytime those guys are playing well, the offensive line is playing well, too. So, yes, Chris Brooks was breaking tackles, but those O-liners were getting everybody else blocked up so that when he hit that second level, there was nobody there to get a hand on him. And so just a fantastic overall performance. Trevon Clark, another huge day. Three catches, 135 yards total. So forty-five. he averaged 45 yards a catch in this game with a touchdown, the big first touchdown to start it off. Stanford came up and covers zero, which means there's no safeties deep trying to play man-to-man because they wanted to bring pressure. And Chase Garbers found him, hit him with a perfect spot-on throw so he could run after the catch and got the huge touchdown on that one. So a big day overall for the offense. Every facet of it, fantastic. Meanwhile, on the defense, they held Stanford at 282 total yards in the game and only 43 rushing. That is a fantastic accomplishment. Now, I know Stanford was not a great rushing team coming into this game, but they held them to less than half of their season average. And so doing that, being able to shut down the run so that Stanford had to become a one-sided team, all they could do was throw the ball, meant that the defense could tee off, could play some different things, to give some different looks, could bring some pressures, and try to make Tanner McKee uncomfortable in the pocket, which they did. He threw two interceptions. Lamagia Hearns had one. Colin Gamble had the other. Lamagia Hearns, by the way, congratulations. First interception of his career and got the freshman player of the week for the Pac-12 this week. So a fantastic game for him. Five passes. I think it was five pass breakups or five passes defended, one or the other. But anyway, with the interception as well, uh, just had a fantastic game. He's a young player who's played extremely well and really coming into his own at that position playing with some real confidence so something to see cam good as always every single game he has not been good he's been great with a sack and a half on the day only three total tackles but he affected a ton of plays from that outside linebacker spot marcus bimage played really well nate Ricina had 10 tackles at linebacker and so as a unit it was a fantastic performance the the performance against oregon state this year i said was the best game I'd seen in five years. I'm not sure personally if this one's better than that, but as a unit, it was pretty good. So it's right up there with that Oregon State win. So two great games from this Cal team uh, in in a tough year, let's be honest. 
early on, I thought the team was young on defense. I think they made some personnel changes that made a huge difference on that defense. And guys are playing freer. They're playing looser. They're playing with more confidence now on the defensive side of the ball. I think the offense has found a rhythm now. They're not ending up behind the chains. They're not making those silly mistakes early that put them in third and long situations. And as a result, they're able to get more done on offense. They're able to run the ball clearly very effectively. And so they're doing great things on the offensive side of the ball. I've got to say at this point, I think Bill Musgrave is doing a fantastic job as an offensive coordinator. I know a lot of guys out there got on him early on about play calling and everything else. It wasn't as much the play calling as the execution. And now the execution has come along. You can see the kind of games that Billy has been dialing up all year long. He has been putting guys in the right position to make plays. And the huge piece of what's happening now is guys are making those contested plays. A receiver and a DB going up for the ball, receivers coming down with it. Running back, breaking that first tackle. So little things like that, I've always said it's five to eight plays in a game, but little things like winning those contested plays are a huge difference maker in the outcome of a game. And Cal all along from you know, Nevada to TCU to Washington, if they had just made one play here or there, even Oregon, one play here or there, this team has a completely different record and there's a completely different image of what this team is. Uh, but now they're in a position where they have to struggle and have to win the last two games to get bowl eligible. So this game, Oregon State game, both bowed extremely well. It's the last time that Cal, you know, minus the injuries, was complete. And so you can see what this Cal team is building towards. This week coming up, huge, huge competition in UCLA. Just put up 62 points on USC. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But right now, I'm going to get to my conversation with head coach Justin Wilcox to go over that win in the big game. Joining me once again, head coach of the Cal Bears, Justin Wilcox. And this week, coach, it must feel a lot different than it has the last couple of weeks. A win in the big game. Congratulations. It was a great win. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it was a great win. Nice to have all the guys or most of the guys back and available. Um, I think they were, you know, really from Monday of last week, coming back in the building with everybody and getting the coaches back. Uh, in person was big and had a really, really good week of practice and then went out and guys competed extremely hard, which we knew they would, but also executed very, very well and uh, probably our most complete game this this season. Which is a big statement because that Oregon State game was a pretty big game as well. It was very complete as well. Yeah, I think uh, kind of especially offensively, uh, the contested plays showed up on both sides, you know, and uh, – you know, there's a play to be made. You got to break a tackle. You got to make a contested throw and catch a one-on-one -on -one block on defense. It's the open field tackle, getting off a block, winning a one-on-one -on -one and pass coverage. I think we, uh, we did that more than we had uh, prior this, to this past weekend. And that uh, showed up in the final score. Talk to me, especially about the defense. So early in the season, we talked about it and the defense was young, right? There were a lot of guys playing that, that weren't playing up to the level that you expected from them. And then as the season's gone along and some of the young kids have learned the system, as I watch the film, they seem to be playing a lot more free, which is when you're playing best on defense. Got your assignment, but you're also playing free to trust your instincts. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, Mike, as you know, there's no substitute for experience. And those guys have done a really good job in the meeting room, uh, you know, trying to learn what to do, some of those young guys. But, uh, you know, getting that game experience, experience is invaluable. Uh, and I think we've made, you know, just uh, exponential improvement in a lot of areas on defense. And uh, 
the credit needs to go to, to Pete and Browning and Keith Hayward and Trey and the entire de- defensive staff and then the players continuing to work on their craft and, and not assuming, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, well, the season's here and now we just try and get through, you know, we're trying to work to improve each and every week. And there's been a lot of competition at certain spots. I think uh, you've seen some new faces, some younger guys really step up and, and take playing time. And uh, those guys have done a really good job and expect them to continue to get better. Let's talk about one of those guys. Lumagia Hearns was great in this game. Got the Pac-12 freshman of the week, I believe, on defense. He has, he has just shown up, shown that moxie. And I said it on the air, De La Salle, love them or hate them, they train kids how to compete and they train kids how to be accountable. I think Lumagia Hearns is a great example of that. A five foot 10 corner going out there defending six foot five you know, tight ends and doing a great job. Talk about his play. Oh man, he's just, uh, each week he gets better and better. Uh, and he's got physical tools. He's really quick. <clears throat> um, he's not the biggest guy in the world by any means, but he's smart. He's quick. He's very competitive. And maybe the best thing, uh, maybe his number one trait is just his, his calm. You know, there's no panic in his game. And he plays, you know, a cool hand Lou, man. He is just as steady as it comes. And he uh, showed it again this past weekend. I mean, you know, the second play of the game, he's in really in a zero-man situation down the field. And there's no panic. He undercuts her out and intercepts the ball. And then he had, you know, how many ever pass breakups, maybe four or so uh, against some guys that, he probably gave up, you know, you know, five, six, seven inches to, and he just plays with really good confidence. He knows what he's doing, and he's uh, he's very, very competitive. So Lou has gotten better and better each and every week, and he's made our uh, defense better. And a big piece of that, as you know, is the rush and the pressure that a quarterback's feeling as well. Tanner McKee coming into his first game back from an injury. I felt like your press, your push up front, especially on that interception, you know, that, that Hearn's got – you, you had guys in the quarterback's lap. You made him inaccurate, and you, and you made it easier for those DBs to do what they do. Yep, and we all love sacks, and we, we've done a pretty good job of getting some of those. Um, sacks are, are huge, but affecting the quarterback in pass rush is uh, critically important. It's, you know, as you know, Mike, being a former quarterback, you know, if you can sit back there like it's seven on seven, boy, good quarterback's going to pick you apart, and uh, no matter how good your coverage might be. So to affect the quarterback – get around him, you know, be able to hit him, um, not let him set his feet, you know, those, that changes the way the quarterback can play. And so that's a big part of it. We had some guys affecting the quarterback the other night. We've gotten better at affecting the quarterback this season uh, each and every week. And we got to continue to do that this week. A huge part of that outside linebackers, Marcus Bimage has been really good playing at that spot. And, you know, once again, Cam Good. As I watched it on film, I saw him splitting double teams against the outside zone and making plays on the ball. Talk about how those guys are really kind of – they're at the point of the spear on your defense. Yeah, those two guys uh, – you know, I mentioned Cam Good. He's done it all year, really has. Cam's played very, very good football for us. And, uh, you know, the sacks – he wants to get sacks. We want him to get sacks, but it's the run game as well. And he's impacting the run game. He's hard to block one-on-one. Uh, they're a little bit different styles, you know, him and Bim. Uh, Marquez is a very explosive, powerful guy. He's hard. He is very hard to block one-on-one in the run game, uh, especially for tight ends. Um, he, he's proven that. And so they, uh, they have impacted the game, you know, and they did it again this past Saturday. We're going to need him again against UCLA because UCLA's 
a very, very good offense. And uh, uh, we're just thankful to have those two guys uh, on the edge for us. And then, of course, some of the younger guys and some of the veterans at the defensive line, right, getting that push, creating, you know, uh, creating pocket pressure and stopping the run. If you can shut down the run, and Stanford wasn't a great running team coming in, but if you can shut down the run, force them to pass, now you get them into situations that you want them in, right? Yeah, you got it. Uh, and, you know, being winning in the run game for any defense is really, really important. And get them behind the sticks and make them, you know, play uh, kind of uh, – you know, left-handed, so to speak. And so the interior guys did it again. I think, uh, you know, Luke had a couple good rushes. JH had a couple good rushes, but some young guys, uh, you know, Ethan Saunders uh, really caused a holding penalty. Uh, Ricky Correa had a really good rush on a play action, kind of wiping against the slide. So those younger guys are getting better and better as well. And those vets are giving us a really steady performance. Uh, so that whole group, I mean, I just kind of go back to the improvement uh, defensively that we've made throughout the season and offensively. We'll talk about that here in a second, but that's been a, a big part of us, you know, playing better football as of late. And since we mentioned every other position group, I think the young linebackers have really come a long way since say the Sac State game, doing better, understanding where they need to be affecting plays back there rather than just kind of running around. Yeah. I think the production at that position has improved greatly in the past month and a half. Uh, month or month and a half. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, Femi uh, got injured and uh, we're hoping to get him back as soon as possible. But Mo Yosefa has continued to, to make some noticeable plays. I mean, he had one against Stanford on an outside zone the other day. Really an impressive play. Yeah, he had uh, the run through that was great. Yeah. Uh, got a, you know, he took a big penalty, which cost him and cost us, but uh, we got to learn from that. Uh, Nate Richena is another guy who's you know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, Nate would be making 10 tackles and have a game and, and have three picks, you know, on the season. I don't know that any of us would have expected that. But to tell you what, that guy is savvy. Uh, he's a very good football player. He understands the game. He's kind of one of those guys you tell him one time and he's got it. And uh, Nate is just he I mean, he's a high school receiver, you know, so for him to develop at that rate is really uh, a tribute to him. But also uh, Pete Sermon, who. You know, it's worked with him day to day, but you don't usually see a guy who played receiver in high school a year and a, a year and a half ago come in and be as productive as he's been. And so that's a tribute to both those guys. Yeah, I was actually going to make that point because he played with my son at Monta Vista when he was a freshman, came up and played on the JV team, and he was a receiver. Like he came in, he was a receiver. Here's a guy that's going to go run, catch passes, great athlete. You knew he was in space. And to, he, he started this year playing high like a receiver would play at that position, but he's really gotten a sense of where to be, how to attack the defense. When you're putting him in combination dogs back there, I mean, he just he, he understands his position, his role now, and how to use his assets. Yeah, I think that's it. He, like I said, he's got a uh, – for, for freshmen, the understanding and the savvy uh, to play the game is, is pretty impressive. Now, he's got to continue to – develop his body and the experience will, will help him. But, you know, he is, he's got three interceptions. He seems to make, you know, eight and 10 tackles each week now. And uh, that, like I mentioned, the production at that inside linebacker position in the past month has, has uh, incre increased a great, great deal. Let's switch over now to the offensive side of the ball. You know, we talk about as much as shutting down the run really handcuffs an offense, being able to run the ball like you guys did this past week, it's a, it's so big for an offense because it opens up everything in your playbook. 
Yeah. Uh, as you would attest, I imagine that your best friend as a QB and getting thrown passes is having a efficient and physical running game. And we were able to obviously run the ball um, this past week and create some big explosive runs to change the field position and score touchdowns. And uh, that's everybody is involved in that. I mean, you look at obviously the O-line and covering guys up and moving people off the ball, a lot of gap schemes, kick out blocks, wrap around, you know, blocks and uh, the tight ends at the point of attack, the receivers making blocks down the field. And then obviously the runners, there's, there's a couple of plays in there where the runners made the guy miss, broke a tackle. And that's what it takes. I mean, very rarely is it blocked perfectly. You know, you would like to say that it's always that way. It just, the other team has good players too, but our backs made guys miss, broke tackles and outrun a couple guys. So that was big. Yeah. And Chris Brown in particular, or excuse me, Chris Brooks in particular, like he broke every run for the first six or seven runs. He broke a tackle to get the extra yards after first contact. Yeah. And, and that's what good backs do. Um, you know, they it's uh, whether you make a guy miss or you run through a tackle, but you're, you know, you're changing the math and in terms of how many guys they got, and how many guys you got, because sometimes there's a free hitter in the run game and you got to account for him with the runner. And so I thought Chris did a I mean, just an awesome job, huge runs, uh, you know, explosive runs, strong runs, third down runs. I mean, he really played a very, very good football game. But then you had, you know, Dancy making some big key runs. Obviously, the long touchdown was huge. And uh, so it, it was nice to see those guys get their due. And I, I actually talked to you about this stat after the game in that at the time, post-game stats, we got eight explosive plays for 350-some-odd yards or 370 yards, which was 120 more than Stanford had of total offense. Like, have you ever been involved in a game like that before? Um, you know, geez, been doing this a long time now. So uh, it's possible, but I don't, I don't know. I just know the number of explosive plays created by the offense um, and contested plays. As I mentioned, you know, a couple of those long runs, they made a guy miss or outran a guy. Uh, long passes. I mean, Monroe Young, you know, went up and got the ball. Trey Clark on the double pass. You know, Chase and Trey on the – on the slant for the 84 yarder. I mean, that was chase put it right on him with authority. Trey caught it in stride and outran everybody. So it was like a really well executed play on all fronts. So that's what it takes. I mean, that's how you make big plays and how you score a lot of points is making plays like that. Yeah. And that's a great point because when I coach quarterbacks all the time, it's not just about getting the ball to the guy, it's getting him a ball that he can do something with after the catch as well. So that's a huge piece of it. Let's, let's talk about, Let's talk about the offensive line, right? None of it happens without the offensive line. You were down two guys going into this game, and then Mattier comes back, and so now you're down your left tackle. But Cade hadn't practiced all week, right? Not with the team, per se. And that group has to be a unit. How was Angus able to put that together to keep those guys playing at that level? It was pretty impressive because, uh, I mean, McCade was on Zoom with the, the guys in the meetings, and then we would go to practice. McCade was um, not with us. And then uh, he would come in on last Wednesday. He was able to come in and do workouts on the field on his own. So, so Angus could be out there and kind of holler at him uh, with trash cans and talk him through the game plan. But he got cleared Saturday morning, uh, drove over on Saturday morning, met us at the hotel and played the entire game. And so I think that was impressive, not only 
you know, McCade obviously uh, being ready and, and being able to work out and do what he could at home and, and then get those kind of individual one-on-one coaching sessions, but then, uh, you know, Angus to get the whole group ready to play like that. That was, that was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. And people don't realize that the quote that I always go back to um, was that if your offense is a band of brothers and if, if it's your, your offensive line has to be quintuplets, right. They have to be that, that tight. They have to act together. And so to be able to do that without guys practicing together, that's a huge feat. Ben Coleman got another PAC 12 award this week as well. Talk about his play. Yeah. Ben seems to get better each week. Uh, he's a talented guy. I mean, Ben uh, has a lot of natural ability. He's big, strong. I mean, he is a, he looks like an O-lineman now. I mean, he is strong and quick and he, he has a lot of tools, but he's, you know, he's still learning and improving a lot. And I think he's got an incredibly bright future. So we're, we're glad Ben's with us. And then of course, Chase had a good game as well at that quarterback spot. You have to have it all together in a game like that. Uh, credit to Chase, but I, I want to talk about Billy Musgrave because Billy has done a really nice job of dialing up the right looks at the right time. You know, he loves the trick plays. He loves some of the double move stuff, but he does an excellent job of putting that offense in the right position. There's no doubt. I mean, it's hard to defend. And we see it in practice when you got the multiple personnel groupings, you know, whether it's 12 personnel, two tight ends, even three tight ends, the different motions, and it changes week to week. It's not like, you know, if we're in 12, you know how we're going to line up. We're, we might be in 12, but you're going to see a bunch of different formations. So I know how hard that is on defense, the different run schemes. You got the zone, you got the counters and the powers and the G schemes, and then the play actions, uh, the deceptives, and then drop back RP. You got drop back game, you got RPO game. So there's a lot to defend. And boy, we're, you know, when we're going forward and making positive plays, whether it's a, a run or a completion. Uh, you can see what happens when you stay in rhythm and you create big plays and kind of get the defense on their heels. And they did an excellent job, Bill and the offensive staff. I mean, that was a unbelievably well-crafted game plan and the execution on the offense, the players part was very, very good as well. So going forward, it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if we didn't talk about the mental picture. What does this game do for you? Obviously you've got to win your last two now, but this gives you a stepping stone, you know, to get bowl eligible. What does this do mentally for you after coming off the two prior weeks? Well, you know, first, just uh, I'm happy for the guys to be able to savor that victory. It's a big win. Uh, they're all big, but, uh, you know, getting the ax and, and seeing the, the fans and everybody so excited, that's a special moment, as, as you know. Um, and then turning our attention to UCLA, there's uh, – a lot of, you know, ton of implications of this game. And we know that um, our guys are very focused. They, they understand what's in front of them. You know, UCLA is a very, very talented team and uh, scores a lot of points. They're very fast on defense. So uh, we're going to need to play really well. Uh, and so the focus is there. We started practice again yesterday and the guys were tuned in like you'd expect and eager for another opportunity this weekend. And, and you would think with – what's at stake, right? The next two games that that focus would be absolutely dialed right now. Tell me what you know about UCLA as I watch them on film, fast, aggressive on defense. When they get it cranked up, they seem to be coming from everywhere. seems like there's 12 guys on the field and offensively, they do a great job running the ball with the quarterback who can hurt you, but he can also get you in trouble. Yeah. He, uh, you know, their defense, we'll start there very, very fast. I mean, they are fast at every position on defense uh, as you watch the video like we did, 
there's a ton of pressure. I know, you know, Coach Az was with us, and we know him. Um, he's a really good coach, and they are coming from all over. I mean, they're running zero blitzes, two trap blitzes, quarters, pressures, uh, and they don't sit in one spot for very long. So uh, they do a really good job on defense and uh, playing excellent run defense. And offensively, you mentioned that they run the ball very effectively. Uh, their backs are very good. Their tight ends, their O-line. Uh, the quarterback is a very talented player. He can hurt you uh, running the ball and throwing the ball, and you got to make him uncomfortable in the pass game because if he's able to sit back there, not only can he throw it, but he'll scramble around and create big plays with his feet if you let him. So, Chip, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's a you know they scored 62 points last week. So um, that's all you really need to know. Right. Really good football team. Looking forward to it this week. Uh, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I know you guys are probably practicing this week on Thanksgiving, right? We are. Yeah. We're, we're going to practice in the morning. So get the guys out for a big meal. Yeah, that's right. So practice and then carb load afterwards with some extra turkey and get a nice nap that night. Be perfect. Yeah, Appreciate you, you coming it. on, Coach. Great win this week. Congratulations on the big win. Always great to get the axe back. Uh, and looking forward to seeing you down in L.A. All right. Thanks, Mike. Go Bears. One of the things I love about football is until the end of the season or your last game, you can celebrate that win for about 24 hours, then you can get right back to business. And you can hear Coach Wilcox, his respect for UCLA, and after watching film on them, I totally understand what this team is about. It's one thing to watch games and see them live on TV and watch that broadcast, but I've had the opportunity to watch this team on film, kind of a coaching review of this team. And I tell you what, on offense, this team – just gives you a lot of looks. They play a bunch of unbalanced line, meaning they'll take a tackle and bring him over and give you unbalanced looks. Well, they'll run RPOs off of it. They'll run zone reads off of it with an extremely athletic quarterback. They'll give you looks in play action, which is where they're most effective in the pass game is in that play action game that gets your eyes in the wrong spot with motions and shifts and all kinds of moves and putting route combinations together that gets you in the wrong place, fake screens. They do things that, as a defense, if you study film and you're on top of it, boy, you've got to be really good about recognizing what they're doing and making sure that you're playing your assignment, keeping your eyes in the right place, and doing the right thing. On the defensive side of the ball for the Bruins, they are attacking. They will come at you with corner blitzes and safety blitzes. They will come at you with pressures from different directions. They'll give you zone blitzes where they drop out. They give you a blitz look and drop out. They're extremely fast. They're extremely physical. And if you let them, once they start getting momentum on that defense, it starts to feel like there are a lot of players on that field. And so you as an offense have to be effective, especially on first down. You want to get in that second medium, second short situation so that you can open up your playbook, expand what you do, and give yourself every option. If you get trapped behind the chains, you're going to be in trouble in this game. So the Bears have to be really cognizant of getting those you know, three, five, seven-yard first down completions, first down rushing plays so that they can stay ahead of the chains uh, to make it happen for them. On defense, one more time, they've got to stop the run. Charbonnet is a fantastic running back. He will be playing in the NFL on Sundays. He is just physical. He breaks tackles in the open field. He, he makes his offensive line better because he makes dudes miss and runs through tackles at the line of scrimmage all the time. So one of the huge keys for defense will be tackling first time, wrapping him up, even if you don't bring him to the ground, making sure that you stop him so that your teammates can get there and pursue and help you out to get him down. 
He's a big, strong, physical, fast back. Has a great jump cut, good acceleration. And so he's a guy that the Bears really have to be cognizant of. UCLA's got guys on the outside that can go and get it. They've got another fantastic tight end, so the Bears are facing another great tight end this week. And so there's a lot of pieces to this offense, and Chip Kelly calls an unconventional game. You have to be ready for whatever he is going to do on offense. So that's a look at the Bruins. I look forward to bringing it to you from the Rose Bowl. I wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a great turkey day. We get to at least have that memory of a great big game win while we go and sit down with our families. And you don't have to talk politics, but Cal winning the big game is always a great thing. So until this weekend, from the Rose Bowl, I am Mike Pulaski for the Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. As always, go Bears. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.